We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. Uh, uno, dos, tres. <laughs> Are you counting this in or what? <laughs> we always complain about me not bringing us in. <laughs> I guess that's right. I do. I don't really complain. I think we just have a disagreement on who, who brings in who more. <laughs> we got to stop talking about this. It's we like do. the beginning of every podcast for the past it's the, five it's podcasts. The, it's the theme for 2021. Right. The theme for 21. Stay at home. Do podcasts. Don't do anything else. Screw yeah, that. Let's fail on that. What are you going to talk about today, Kyle? What, what? Let me enunciate that just a little bit better. What are we going to talk about today, Kyle? Much better. <laughs> Much better. Much better. Um, I don't know. <laughs> no. Uh, I think it's a good time to kind of, um, I guess, regroup. Not, not regroup and, and remind people that there's still um, things to fight for out there. Yeah. As much as I hate to do it, because we've had some pretty good podcast. last couple of, pod, couple of podcasts been fun. Yeah, yeah. And that's that was that was something that, um, you know, we, we'd been trying to get away from because we'd been doing it for so long this past season where we spend a lot of time, a lot of our podcasts talking about... Um, the legislature legislator and, and legalities of hunting and and all that kind of stuff political yeah the political arena of hunting yeah. if you will um which i hate well and i'm I, i've been reading a lot of uh, a lot of articles and things like that to kind of verse myself mm-hmm. in in some of the stuff that we're going to talk about so it should be a, an interesting enough podcast also based on those Hear me adjusting the mic. Right, it's pretty loud. It today. is pretty loud. Uh, based on those those conversations, so yeah. Um, to start us off, where do you want to start? You you wanted to start right? stream stream access stream access. Yeah, um, yeah. So and, and I'm still. I'm not gonna say I don't know where I stand on it. I, I have a stance, but it's not a firm. I guess it's not a firm. I'm gonna I'm gonna fall on the sword for this stance. It's a these you know these are the I th- we we've talked about our stance. Yeah. And so so let's based on our understanding. Let's do yeah. Let's do some clarification of stream sure. access real quick. Let's talk about that because one of the things about stream access is it's it's very clouded issue. It, it, it's kind of hard to understand. Yeah. Right. Um, when you're talking about torrential. And water flow and um, waterways and all of this. So basically, here's my stance, right? If you can float on it, freaking public. Yeah, and that and that's been our stance from the beginning. Correct. Is if if you can if you can float on it, I think I think you ought to be able to, to access Correct. it. Now, do I think it should be legal for a person to walk up? A running stream or river, as long as he is not trespassing outside of that stream on either side, messing with people's private property, I could probably get on board with that. I'm open to that concept. I, 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 absolutely. absolutely. Here's what I am not on board with. Walking up a dry creek bed with a bow in your hand to get, a, get to a hunting area because you have a right to go up that creek. I don't believe in that at all. Yeah, and so and because when, it flows when, twice a year. And so when people talk about the stream access, I can't. I don't know if I can hear myself just in this. Or, am I lo- kind of light or? No, you're good. Am I good? Okay. Yeah, you're good. Hitting the bars. Yeah, you're okay. You're peeking out just right, man. Oh, good deal. <laughs> it sounded a little different. I guess because we it's, started it's, so loud. Yeah, we started loud in this room. It's kind of echoey. We don't yeah. have nothing up in this room, but yeah. got to get the office together. We do. Um, anyways, um, 
a lot of times whenever you're talking about stream access, uh, places like Montana and mm-hmm. uh, Idaho and, and places like that come into the conversation, but those places all have an, enor- an enormous amount of water, <laughs> right? an enormous amount of water compared to New Mexico. And so when you talk about stream access in New Mexico, um, before I'm going to get on board with it, I, mm-hmm. need to, I need to be okay with some very specific verbiage that talks about those things. So like you said, my stance is if you can float it, great access. I'm open to the concept of being able to walk up something um, as long as it's a, an and like a, it runs year round. It's yeah. A, it's an annual river runs or yeah. a perennial, perennial river. It runs year round. What I'm not okay with is the language that, that is being, that, that is in most of that mm-hmm. stream access stuff right now, which says any, waterway in new mexico and it's, it's just not and here here's and he, here's here's an area where where it even gets further clouded right so one of the rivers that's in the conversation of these groups mm-hmm. that have filed to have their waterways marked as non-navigable certified as non-navigable um, is which, rio pinasco which is before we get to that um the the well, I've I've got a different point that I'm trying to make. Okay, I'm just using that. Ju- just using that. That's one of the rivers, sure. right? Go ahead. All right. So there's there's a few spots in the Rio Penasco that you can fish. Here's one of the things, right? It's it's never been legal to fish the Rio Penasco. Never has. I've lived down there my entire life. You have never been able to walk up that river. Never. There's a few spots that are on public. That we've went and fished. Yeah. And caught a few brookies out of them. You know, a couple of rainbow. But it has never been okay to just walk up that river or go up that river. It's never flowed enough to float. And it's never flowed enough to just walk up it. So, but where it really gets sticky is you got all these different private landowners up there, right? Yeah. And they have cattle on their land, right? Yep. And what do you do to keep cattle on your land from going to other land? You fence it. You fence it. Water gaps. Okay, so now, how does that angler cross that fence? He has to trespass. Technically, yeah. Exactly. So you're making a lot of muddy waters for something that's really never been fishable anyway. Yeah. Right? My entire life I grew up in that country. I grew up on the on the Tularosa River, the Tule Creek, right? And I fished a lot of Tule Creek. And you know what I did? I went and asked for permission. Yeah. That's all you have to do. <laughs> you know, they don't even stock that creek. All right. So, I mean, you're fighting private landowners for something that for no gain. And one of the, one of the rallying cries for this is this is your eight year old's quality fly fishing area <laughs> bullshit <laughs> you, you know where you're gonna take your eight-year-old to go fishing grindstone yeah <laughs> uh, or if you are gonna take them fly fishing you're gonna take them somewhere yeah where you're likely gonna you know catch a fish i'm not we're talking you know generalities and all that stuff. yeah we are but we are um and and your point is taken well the fact that it's a fight that doesn't necessarily need to be had. I think I looked it up one time, and, and I guess don't quote me on these numbers. But I think I looked it up whenever Stream Access first kind of came up onto onto our radar. And I think it's something like 10, 10% mm-hmm. maybe 10% of actual fishable water is on private land in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Like maybe 10%. Mm-hmm. So why are we cranking this out? Why, yeah, that's, why, why that's are the we thing. having this fight? Why why are we not like you like a, a topic that you bring up all the time? Corner crossings. Why are we not fighting? Yeah, that? exactly. And see, so this is what it leads me to believe. What? Where's the bag of poop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, they're not fighting the the groups and the people that are fighting for this. They're not fighting for ten percent of water. They're fighting for something else. What is it? What is? 
What are they after? Well, what com- are they doing? It comes back to the same groups that are that are fighting for this. It comes back to uh, the E plus. They're, mm-hmm. they're fighting for access to private lands. Exactly. Um, and it and it, what it what it all comes back to is me 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 mm-hmm. me me me. I want to be able to fish there. I want to be able to draw an extra tag. I want to be able mm-hmm. thirty for thirty. Thirty by thirty. 30. By 30. Um, it's it's a it's another one that on the surface. On the surface, all of these things sound great, right? Mm-hmm. The, the private landowners are, are taking fishable waters away from us. No, they're not. Um, the private landowners are killing our elk. No, they're not. Now, now, all of all, and this is where the compromise comes yeah. in, right? They're the pickles. Well, well, let, the, let, uh, let me finish my point okay. real quick, though. Okay. But um, thirty by thirty, we we need to conserve. What is it? Thirty percent of, of public our, public our, lands. Yeah, but all of public. these. All of, yeah, all lands. All, all, lands. Um, all of these rallying cries on the surface sound great, mm-hmm. but you know the old the old saying: if it's too good to be true, it's probably not true. And that's the thing: there there's a lot of mud in the water on these on these issues. I, I'm not saying that the stream access is like you said in the beginning. Um, there's components of it that I like, but, but man, it... so it brings me to the point I was I was gonna make. Um, they bring up something like the Pecos River, mm-hmm. and that's where some of these non-navigable waters are are looking to get certified. The Pecos River, um, yeah, there's there should probably the Pecos River there should probably not be. And I I know because I've been I've been up and down that river checking fishermen doing things like that. There's a couple of places on that Pecos River where landowners have um, taken and they've not water gaps. Mm-hmm. They've taken and put chain link fence across mm-hmm. that river. That's not necessary. No, and probably shouldn't be allowed to happen. No. Um, and, and this right. is where, and this is where I was saying the compromise comes in. I'm good with that Pecos River. Uh, them saying, you know what, you can walk up that river. Yep. I'm good with that, as long as you don't get out of the banks. Yep. But uh, something like, let's take for example the Canadian. We had tons of rain. That Canadian flowed like crazy. But here, as the summer wears on, up here at the head of at the head of the Canadian. It doesn't run. Mm-mm. There's no reason anybody should have to walk up that. It's not fishable, first off. Mm-mm. And so if we're rallying cry for fishing, wh- why is the language in there for all waterways? Yeah. Doesn't make any and, sense. And that's and that's the thing. Man. So a lot of this stuff has got to, you got to have a common sense component to it, man. Yeah. If you don't have some common sense legislation on these issues, like corner crossing, I'm sorry, I don't stand with private landowners on this. Those private landowners that try and stop public land hunters from going from one section to another section at a corner of public land, they're they're not doing private landowners any favors. Yeah. They're they're the ones that are making it look bad. Those that are trying to say, "Hey, I can walk up this stream even though it doesn't have a drop of water in it." Carrying my bow and tell you I'm going fishing, you're not doing the hunters any favors. That there's there's those two sides, mm-hmm. you know, and we've talked about it a thousand times on here that I know that a lot of people think that we are huge proponents of private land. We're not. We're proponents of what we believe is right. And we're proponents of habitat. And common sense. And common sense. You know, <laughs> private landowners that lock gates that shouldn't be locked, man, they should be punished. Yes. You know, take away their dang elk tags. I don't care. Yeah. You know, hammer them. Absolutely. Um, Public land hunters who leave gates open, <laughs> hammer them because they're not doing us any freaking favors. You know, um, that, that's what that's what we believe. You know, it shouldn't be that dang hard to figure out. Okay, I'm going to cross this corner and go from this state land to that state land, and the landowner shouldn't bitch about it. Yeah, you know, and um, 
E plus, you know, that's going to be, you know, that's another one on. of the big so ones. A, that's one thing that I kind of wanted to bring up uh, in this podcast is that's still going on. They're they're um, look, you know, paying attention to social media. You're still seeing mm-hmm. uh, guys like Jesse Dubel, Brandon Wynn pushing uh, mm-hmm. freaking Senator Martin Heinrich mm-hmm. um, pushing that E plus agenda, and we've you know having discussions with Jesse Dubel online, Facebook, wherever wherever it is. He is swears up and down that he's only talking about, when he talks about doing away with E plus, he's only talking about the unit wide tags. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, we agree that the, kind of, kind of, kind we, of. we think the unit wide tags need to be audited. Mm-hmm. That unit wide system needs to have a very serious look at it. Even though it was just done, they date, they didn't go enough, no. but that's not always a bad thing, you know, because sometimes you go too far yeah. and then you have to backtrack. So sometimes it's okay to take smaller steps. You know, they did audit. They did make it. Uh, they did put a, a different kind of point system in to make your yourselves be a um, qualifying small contributing ranch. Yeah. Um, but they didn't go far enough. But that's one step. Yeah. We've had four years to see how that one step worked out. And I think it's obvious in the unit-wide portion mm-hmm. of the E-plus system that we need to take another step. Yeah. You know? But the problem, and the point I was going to make, the problem mm-hmm. that I have with those guys, the, the the organizations, the people that are that are pushing that narrative, is they're using false information to do it. First, yes, hundred percent, completely false information to do it. Not only they're that. talking about that private landowners have forty nine percent of the tax, mm-hmm. which is complete lie. It's straight up lie, and they know lie, it. And not, they know it. Not not only is it just wrong information; it's a straight up lie. And they know it. Yep. And um, deep down, I don't think that's where they they want to end up. I think they want to do away with E plus completely. Not only do they want to do away with E plus, but they want to get the public on private land. Yeah. Now, that's and that's not which which here's what that's just my hunch. here's what cracks me up though, and and it almost kind of throws a monkey and wrench in it, right? We had that with the A-plus system. Yeah. And they took it away. Because they couldn't draw a tag. You know? Because it was more of the me, me, me. Yeah. I can't draw a tag. So, yeah, anyways. And, and, and we're, still, we're still following that, which the numbers from last year probably um, come out soon, I hope. Yeah, I think they probably will. Um, and that'll be our second round. So we looked at the first round of, of harvest reports. Uh, the data mm-hmm. from that new system. Um, so we were into the second year looking at the first year data. This year we'll be into the third year looking Look at, at the second year of data, data. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is tough because you got a four year cycle, right? Yep. So in the third year, you're looking at the second year's numbers, yeah, in and in the fourth, fourth year, year you're, you're barely getting to. You're, you're not really looking at that third year's number. You're you're looking at what we're going to change for the next year yeah. for the next cycle. Yeah. So. Really, you're only looking at two two years of data, yeah. Before you're already starting to look at the changes. But three years can give you some trends. Yeah, they can. Um, they and, can. And it's but it's, it's reactive, like we always talk about. Reactive, it's always reactive, and it's it's difficult. Uh, you know, this this is why I agree with you in the fact that um, these these managers agencies tend to take a very cautious approach mm-hmm. and for the most part mm-hmm. that is warranted absolutely absolutely warranted because they are reacting instead of uh, being proactive about being this. proactive and which me and you have, how do you be proactive it is very very hard to be proactive in the hunting world um well, in the hunting I mean, we're world, always it's not, but in, we're in the world, wildlife management world, well, yeah. it's difficult. And that's what we're talking about, the hunting as, and there, all there of was it. A, but, there was a good point. So I'm reading a book um, right now, and uh, I'm trying to remember what the, what the actual title of it is. Uh, hunting, shoot. But it has to do with uh, hunting, oh, hunting, conservation, and rural uh Economics mm-hmm. is is the book, and in it, uh, there's a very good point that's made in that much of the time, hunting, wildlife management, when, when it pertains to hunting, uh, 
is extremely reactive because you don't have any other well and I've said this before but it, but it, it articulated it uh, way better than I did basically um, it's it has to be reactive yeah. because let's take for instance uh, a piece of property that hasn't been hunted before or a species like bighorn sheep that was reintroduced after mm-hmm. being extirpated from the state how can you say that these actually a really good one just recently was the wolf harvest in Minnesota, Wisconsin, wherever it was. Mm-hmm. They hadn't had a quote on wolves before. Yeah, they put one out there. They they killed a crapload more than the actual well, not the actual quota, but they killed a crapload more than the public quota was was supposed to be allowed. Yeah. So, Public quota was like 130 wolves. They killed 160 in like two days. <laughs> but the fact is, because they had not had that hunt before, you had to do it to figure out what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't the actual quota on that 200? The though? actual quota, and that's that's when my, my, I argued yeah. with somebody on, on, on Facebook about this, is the actual quota was 200. They, yeah. they allotted like... 89 of them to local indigenous tribes who chose not to hunt. And so they were still within yeah, their, their, their total quota, but it was way more than what the public quota was supposed to be. So there's a big hoopla about it. Um, but that being said, they can't get that data. They can't get that harvest data from wolves. They can't get that harvest data from populations that haven't been hunted before until you actually hunt them. And so it's it's adaptive management. Mm-hmm. But that being said, those agencies, being very conservative, typically put whenever they're starting out a hunt, they're going to be very conservative on their quotas so that they don't overhunt. Exactly. And I would imagine they were qu- quite conservative on their quotas for that wolf hunt. Um, yeah, and even that quota, okay, and they look, are still reacting to the fact that they need to hunt. Wolves, Correct. Right. They're reacting to that fact. And looking, they at stick the, a number out there. They go kill some, and then they the next number will be a re- reaction to the impact that that first one had. It's always reacting. Correct. And looking at the numbers from, let's say Idaho, um, Idaho was presented with the Idaho legislature this past year was presented with some numbers that suggested that they needed that they could. Sustain uh, not sustainably, what's the word I'm looking for? They could take reasonably take ninety percent of the wolf population just to stabilize that population. Where is yeah. that? They could take ninety percent, and so the legislature enacted a big uproar. Um, I, uh, I I need to look a little bit more into those numbers. Yeah, um, but that was data from what the that was presented to um, Idaho. That was data from a biologist, a wolf biologist out of bc british columbia yeah so it's not like they just did it on a whim they had experts there telling them scientifically you can do this uh, again whether what that looks like moving forward is going to be adaptive yeah they're going to see okay is this is this something that we need to do that's the biggest i mean that's the biggest thing people forget about with wildlife management it's typically always reactive yeah it is um Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I'd rather just talk about hunting and fishing and camping and all of that cool stuff every week on the podcast. Um, unfortunately, we feel, we feel like we have to cover this kind of stuff. Uh, the other side's got deeper pockets, and they got a lot more people talking about it, and they got a lot more avenues where they're putting it out. Yeah. Um, well, I think... Um... <laughs> Yeah, we could sit here and talk about hunting and fishing and camping every episode of the podcast, but if if we didn't touch on these issues, if we didn't actually we're not touching on these issues oftentimes we're we're delving pretty deep into these issues. If we're not doing that, then we're not kind of fulfilling uh the original purpose of this podcast, which was to educate people about yeah. about hunting. Um, you know, uh, there's a, there's a lot of I myself fell into it. There's a lot of different uh, viewpoints out there on 
hunting right now the kind of the public rally cry is you should only kill what you need i've been reading a lot of stuff about trophy hunting in africa and and talking to Didon about his you know his experience oh, yeah the amount of money that that brings into these rural communities uh based on some of this stuff some of these uh papers scientific papers that i'm that i'm looking at says that other revenue sources wouldn't compete that that is one of the uh, main contributing um, economic engines for these rural african communities and it's the same different model north american mm-hmm. model wildlife conservation absolutely different model but similar results when you talk about rural places in new mexico mm-hmm. when hunting season comes that's a boom for these these outlying towns clayton, absolutely. clayton new mexico uh, during pronghorn hunts, sold out. You cannot get a hotel room. Yep. So those, and those people those rely, people on, rely that. on that. Not not only one thing about all of this, and we can touch on this too a little bit, is like like the outfitter pool, right? Yeah. Okay. Here's a fact: regardless of what side you're on with the outf- outfitter pool, right? Mm-hmm. If you take away the outfitter pool. It is going to have an effect, period, because it is something that a certain number of people have counted on for many years. Yeah. Okay. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Okay. So it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on on that issue. You have to be able to acknowledge that. Going to be some. There's going to be some impact. Okay. And it's the same thing. E plus, A plus. It, It doesn't matter. All of these things. They're going to have an impact, and we have to have our heads on right and make sure that we can mitigate those impacts to the best of our ability and try and understand those impacts and try and stay away from any, um, what's the term, unintended consequences. Yeah, so we tend to, uh, as as people, as hunters, as conservationists uh you know as people people who are environmentalists we tend to oversimplify pretty much any issue and we will grab onto whatever piece of information that we think mm-hmm. makes our point for us uh and and run with that make that our rally cry um all those things we have to um like you said right wrong or indifferent um if you're going to be informed as a hunter, if you're going to make good conscious decisions um, and be of value in providing, you know, comment and input on this public system that we have, you need to be informed about it. Yeah. And that means not just grabbing a hold of one little piece of information and running with it, but talking and having an open conversation and being willing to acknowledge yeah. The intricacies and the complexity that all these issues have with it. Yep. And don't just listen to our podcast. Yeah. I, I don't know how many times I can say that. You can say that. We believe it's extremely important. Our beliefs, our opinions on um, all of these issues are based, one, on facts that we've gathered. Yep. Two, our belief system. Yep. And right and wrong, and what we believe is legal, and and three the experiences that we've had that have brought us to this point in our life. Exactly, and that doesn't make us right. It doesn't make us wrong, but we've tried to gather the information that we could, looked at it from our from our viewpoint, from our experiences, and come up with our own red mcbride opinion <laughs> well i mean i mean that's you know that's one of the fun things about having having our podcast is we get to we get to give our opinion of things. exactly now again like you said we base our opinion on on the data gathering that we have correct but it's also why you'll hear me say more often than not based on my understanding of something this is my viewpoint yes 
doesn't mean I can't change my viewpoint should new information come into light that I did, had not considered or had not known about. Correct. But one thing you'll never see us do, if you are listening to this podcast, one thing you'll never see, you'll never hear. Um, number one, we're never going to look at a number and decide that it doesn't suit our agenda, our point of view, our opinion on a subject, and dismiss it. Yeah. Never going to do that. We will straight up say, oh, there's this, even if it doesn't help us, yeah. right? Um, and two, we're never going to uh, just come out with a bullshit number uh, or, or take a, a piece of information and try and misconstrue it to, f- to fit what we believe. Mm-hmm. And that's what, we're, that's what we're fighting against, something that we absolutely hate. It, the E-plus issue, it, it's an issue that we've talked about a lot and argued a lot and our opponents if you will have one of our biggest problems go all the way back to the roundup tax yep is how it was portrayed because mm-hmm. it wasn't just portrayed factually it wasn't like here's the information look at this information support was, us if you want to it was portrayed you know? from the start of the game They're department stealing tags. stealing tags exactly and we hate that absolutely freaking hate that that's Bullshit politics. Yes. Um, and to to that point, you know, it it literally puts a knot in my stomach whenever someone calls me on a number that I put out there, and I will uh, I will even though I know in my, in my head that yeah that's that's what what. I researched what that's what the number was. I will still go back and double check and make sure mm-hmm. my math was right. Um, that being said, so uh, and I'll uh, to make to make your point here. There was a there was some information. So uh, we were and I it does not change my viewpoint on the topic. But back when you know back earlier this was earlier this year or last year last year when they changed the the they increased the fee on the habitat mm-hmm. stamp right. Based on the information that I had, uh, you know, I was I was going off the department's information that they had on the website, which said that the fund was receiving, you know, nine hundred ninety nine thousand dollars a year, and the operational costs were only uh, three hundred thousand dollars a year, such and such. Uh, whenever I was, you know, fighting against that in 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 the public uh, comment section, whenever the department was hearing those those comments, um, I was informed, or basically it was it was brought up that every other year they had to add an additional one point two million dollars to that fund. Didn't know that. Didn't know it, and but because it, it wasn't did, posted. Yeah. But we also spoke about that on the next podcast, yep. and and cleared that up. So yeah. But it didn't necessarily change my position. No. I still think that they had they they didn't in in this right now didn't need to increase that the habitat fee. No, still don't, and I still agree with that. Um, so just a point to that to yeah. that 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 we had new information, but. But, um, and I, and we put it out there. Yeah. So. I think that you know, I, th- I think that I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but anybody that says I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but, <laughs> um, by the way, we're not conspiracy theorists. But, but. <laughs> yeah. I maintain that the other side is much more cerebral than us in attacking something that we think we're just never going to lose. Yep. So I will. And I've, I've. W- this this phrase has been used on the podcast a, a thousand times as well. Did death by a thousand cuts. Um, 
I think hunting is under attack. And I think that those that are attacking it are playing the game better than we are right now. They've been playing the game for For a long time. Um, We've only recently learned about the game that they're playing, and we are playing catch-up bad. Bad. We're way behind. We're way behind. It it, is bad. Yeah. Um, And I think that there's a lot of people out there that one of the reasons that we're playing catch-up so bad is because there are a lot of people out there that don't see that we're even playing a game. Yes. That we're even fighting for our rights to hunt. And it it sucks. When we started this podcast, this was never a direction that we wanted to take. It wasn't something that we <laughs> wanted to get into. We had to I talk ourselves like talking in, about no, it. We we had to talk ourselves into it. Um and and basically what it was is somebody's got to do this. And there's other people out there too. There's other people out there that are fighting. There's other people out there that that uh, get just as upset with groups like New Mexico Wildlife Federation and, and BHA as we do. Um, we're not the only ones, thank God. Um, it would make you feel a little crazy if you're the only ones. Right. But thankfully, you know. We're, no, we're not. We're, we're not. not. Um, and we've got some great podcasts in the future coming um, to really dive into some numbers, mm-hmm. uh, some money mm-hmm. trails um, that I think will really kind of blow some people's minds. Yeah. Um, we haven't even, we haven't even gotten through all the numbers yet no. and it's in, it's a mind boggling. It is. But I mean, the reason that we keep doing this, the reason we come, keep coming back to these podcasts that aren't, you know, like, specifically hunting they are about hunting but it's more about the legislative side of it um is because we believe this we believe that hunting is under attack Mm -hmm. we believe that i mean it could be as quick as 10 15 years dude if we're not careful look how quick they got trapping yeah trapping's gone you know it's banned on public lands they they um we thought we were winning Mm -hmm. last year Mm-hmm. Said, yeah, we'll do some education. And then they came back and it did not matter one bit. They nope. got one foot in the door and it was put your shoulder to the door and let's go on through. And that's that's what it is. So, you know, I had a, a conversation with Gear Junkie Jerry one time. Gear Junkie Jerry. And it was. It, we were talking about a completely separate political. Um, topic, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with hunting. Nothing to do with hunting. But what I what I said to him is, sometimes it doesn't matter, right, wrong, or indifferent. If you give them an inch, they'll take a mile, mm. and that's really what it kind of boils down to, right here. Uh, like the wolf issue, you know, they were supposed to have three hundred, and all the next thing you know, they have seventeen hundred, and there's still nothing that we can do about it, right? Mm-hmm. We gave them an inch, and they, they're they still running with it. Yep. Um, it's that old uh, move the goalposts yeah, um, and uh, tactic that, that, that they are so good at. Exactly. And, and uh, I mean, it's kind of time to just butch up and quit giving that inch, you know? And it's hard because, like I said, a lot of these things, there, there are certain things like the 30 by 30 – on on paper, man, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. But how many private ranches are they going to take to do it? Yeah, I mean, that's those are the conversations that migration that corridors. Mm-hmm. How important are they? Very important. Extremely. How many private acres, private acres, are they going to take to do it? Yeah, you know, it means something. All right. Uh, as much as I love hunting, I like my rights and freedoms more Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and so and i would argue it's important and i would argue that um the you know the far extreme of these groups that's why i was uh that's why we were we were so upset when senate bill 312 came came through and wildlife Mm -hmm. federation and bha and that ain't over it's not over but when they stood up with these anti-hunting groups 
Let him in the door. And and so that's why we were so mad about it because their goal, those anti-hunting groups, mm-hmm. their ultimate goal is to do away with it completely. Their ultimate goal as environment, you know, you can call them environmentalists or whatever you are, the, those extreme extreme environmentalists, is they don't want anything done. Mm-mm. I read was reading a, uh, an article from a, um, reporter in California, um, reported in the Sacramento Bee, uh, talking about sagebro- sage-grouse habitat uh-huh. in Northern California. Uh, there's one little... Northern, Northern California. California. Kyle. Anyways, how there's this new... There's this new herbicide, and it's it's a fairly, I think, organic herbicide. It's very specifically geared towards these invasive annual grasses that are taking over the sagebrush steppe habitat. Um, but how they're having such a hard time, they can't use it because the environmental groups in California don't yeah. want you to use herbicide. Um, but it's working. They... You know the the places mm-hmm. that they've sprayed, it has taken out these non-native uh, annual grasses that these cheat grasses, Medusa head, that are not good for livestock. They're not good for wildlife. They're horrible for or great for wildfire, mm-hmm. which has really reduced sage grouse habitat um, in California. But they can't use it yeah. because, like I said, the ultimate goal of those people is to do away with. Do away with uh, agriculture. Bite, do bite away off with your nose, hunters. Have everything. Yeah. Exactly, and that's what you're fighting. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. So, forgive me for being a conspiracy theorist, but I think they're bigger. They, they have been playing this game longer. They have been, and they have, and they're, and they're they have a long range plan that we have we have not yet been able to rifle. No. No, and, and you know they've they've been at it for a long time. You know, it's just like so. We were having a conversation the other night with a buddy of ours, uh, and this survey that's out. But I haven't seen this yet. I, I need to go look it up. Um, and it's basically asking about funding, the, right? The New Mexico Game and Fish has a survey out um, asking hunters about um, alternative funding for non-game species. Yeah, and so here here's. Senate Bill 312. Yep. All right. Changing it from the Department of Game and Fish to Department, Department of Wildlife, Wildlife Conservation. Conservation. Okay. One of the things, this is this is how they do it, right? So for years we've said hunters paid for it. Yep. So bite me, right? So we pump our chests, you know, stick our chest out. We could say hunting is conservation. Yeah. And go about our business because we just shut them down, right? Well, they are like, all right, how do we combat that? This is them. This is their, their thinking. Okay, how do we combat that? Okay, we'll change their Department of Game and Fish to the Department of Wildlife Conservation. But we fund that. Why do we have to pay for all of this stuff? Okay, well, let's bring in alternate funding. Mm-hmm. And there's a big contingency of people out there, right, yeah. that are... I don't know if they've got their blinders on what, but they see this more money yeah, and they're like, cool. The fact is I don't want these sons of bitches to have a seat at the table. I just <laughs> don't. I don't want them to be there. I don't want to, I, I don't want to stick my hand out and say, Hey, let's work together. I just don't. The North American model of, of wildlife conservation works because hunters made it work. Yeah. Period. Don't want you at the table. Don't need you at the table. We got more wildlife out there now than we ever have because of us, because of the people that came before us. And trust me, the people that came before us were probably some of the poachingest sons of bitches out there, okay? (laughs) And they still managed to create what we have today. They they still managed to bring uh, species back from the The brink brink of of extinction. Um, and here's here's the other so here's the other and yeah so I, I just here's the other comment on that though <clears throat> I had a 
conversation online with a friend of mine from college. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably in that same time frame that we had the conversation about the wolves in Minnesota or Wisconsin, mm-hmm. wherever it was. And she was talking about, well, why don't we just do, you know, funding for the non-game species this way? I said, that's all well and great. But here's the thing. If that, if that is their goal, why has it not happened yet? Mm-hmm. Why has that not been done yet? Mm-hmm. Because the amount of money that these anti-hunting groups are putting into fighting hunting could easily go to these threatened and endangered non-game species. But they haven't done it yet. There's the bag of poop. It is not about saving money, the pygmy tree squirrel. That money has not materialized. No, it is about, number one, taking our money. The money that we have been putting into hunting and into conservation of habitat. They can just sit back and reap the benefits of what we've done. They don't have to have a seat at the table. All right. When, when we go out and put water for mule deer or elk, their pygmy tree squirrel mouse gets to drink it too. You know, we don't put a sign up that says no pygmy tree squirrel mice. <laughs> they can read. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, he ain't lying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, we they don't serve still... your kind of deer. <laughs> we... Dang white hunters, man. <laughs> see what i'm saying oh yeah i mean they still get to benefit from our habitat projects our, our conservation efforts yeah, but i don't want don't need them at the table i don't want them at the table i'm sorry so uh, here's here's a good way to look at it if you're having trouble wrapping your head around this right mm-hmm. think about think about somebody who built a business and that business gets big enough that it goes public and they get a board of directors mm-hmm and at some point, that owner, who is chair of the board of directors, now gets voted out of the board and out of his own company, mm-hmm. his or her own company, because there's other people with with vested stakes. And different interests. And different interests. And that's, what's, that's what our fear is, is going to happen. When it, in, if and when they can leverage that money, they now get to say, you know what? Mm-hmm. Your your interests are no longer valid because we have more money than you. Yep. Species of greatest concern. Yep. Doubling the habitat stamp so there's more money when they win. Yep. It, they're cerebral, dude. Mm-hmm. They they're playing better than we are. They, they just have flat been, out. They have been for a long time better than we are. Lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's why we and and California is is California. Is, 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 you know, California conservation. Um, there are there there a training ground, and New Mexico is next. Uh, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay, New Mexico is going to be the next California if we're not careful. Yeah. So the same set of articles that I read um, talking about the sage grass in California. That that same reporter reported on the fact that um, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, just uh, submitted his budget, and in his budget he dedicated something like $256 million to the California Department of whatever they are, wildlife. Uh Why? Because they needed more resources and more personnel to do, because that department since... It went away from being a big game hunting agency, has acquired all kinds of new um, duties and responsibilities via the legislature, mm-hmm. uh, and they didn't have enough funding because they're now not hunting, and that, that hunting revenue is not enough. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was specifically brought up was human-wildlife conflict, which, guess how hmm. we handle that? Hunting shooting and trapping. Yep. He specifically brought up predators, coyotes, mm-hmm. lions, bobcats mm-hmm. in no, populated wait. areas. And so they had to take, instead of hunters, trappers paying to mm-hmm. take care of that problem for you, now they're taking money out of the general fund 
256 million to be able to pay the department to do that. Mm -hmm. A stupid California conservation. <laughs> yes, and that's what's coming here. That's that's what's happening. When you got the Jesse Dubles and the Brandon Wins of New Mexico um, trying to push through their agenda, it, it, I'm sorry, it has nothing to do with hunting. It just doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't have to do with hunting and conservation of hunting, which I don't care about the three ball tree squirrel mouse. Okay, it's just not important. It's not. I want mule deer, elk, wild turkey, both kinds. Um, <laughs> that's that's what's important to me. Bighorn sheep, all of those things, that's important to me. Good habitat for those. My kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids can be able to hunt them the same that I have. That's what I want. Here's, here's, the rest can yeah. benefit from it. And the rest... They, they can get their own group. And here's, and that's the conversation that I want to have. I don't want to have, I don't want to sit down at the table with anti-hunting people to make a deal uh, for the three, I don't know what you call it, three bald the, squirrel? The, the tree three squirrel? bald tree squirrel mouse, something yeah. like that. Anyways, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to make a deal with them with that. What I would like to do is I would like to sit down with um, the rest of the population and say, all right, these things are important on a level. Mm -hmm. Let's figure out how we can do both. Mm -hmm. How we can hunt and how we can help mm -hmm. the tree squirrel mm -hmm. and serve both of you. Exactly. That's what I want. Exactly. <clears throat> but I and don't want to do it with them. I don't. Because I know their final agenda. Yep. Yep. That's it. And, and that's... A, a conversation that'll never happen. Quite, quite honestly, I'd, I'd be more than willing. You'd be more than willing, and I'm sure that there's other people that would be more than willing, but they're never going to. No, because that's not their agenda. No, their agenda is not that. No, if but it was, we'd already be having that conversation. We'd already be having that conversation, and but that that's not money their agenda. Would have found its way. Mm -hmm. But that's also why we continue this podcast that's yep. also why it is important for us to have these discussions because we as hunters even though we're pretty certain those conversations are not going to happen we need to be prepared for any openings not with anti-hunters but with the people in the middle who they don't care they don't believe one way or the other yeah you know i don't hunt myself but i don't mind if you hunt that's Correct. the people we need to have conversations with yeah, yeah, and we, and we need to just keep them people either right there in the middle or move them to our side. Just We don't want to push them over the left. That's where that whole stop taking bloody pictures where you're sitting on your deer and, you know, surfing it down the hill kind of crap come into play. <laughs> yes, you can do that. You have every right to do that if you want. If you want to take those pictures or post them on social media, guess what? You can. Yep. That Should you? Probably not because it doesn't help. Um, but... Yeah, that that's that. There's to another topic. Um we need to find this is a conversation that I've been meaning to have with you and probably should have done it off the podcast before we do it here on the podcast, oh. but it's on this topic. All right, guys. We're, um like we need to find ways to communicate the importance of hunting. Mm -hmm. All right. We need to find data that shows how important conservation hunting and conservation is. Yes. Right. We need that. We also need to feel free to say, I hunt because I can. Yep. I hunt because my ancestors hunted my uncle hunted my father hunted my great-grandfather hunted and i'm gonna hunt too and if you don't like it you can kiss my hairy white ass <laughs> we ought to be able to say that yeah because we are hunters and guess what in today's day and age you get to be whatever you want to be i want to be a freaking hunter suck it up and like it <laughs> we need to be able to say that now Not we also suck it up and like it but at least respect my decision yeah there you go i'll give you that <laughs> you know how i am when i get on a rant i do that's why I'm here. We need to find data 
that we can communicate the importance of it. Yes. But we don't need to lose sight of the fact that we're hunters because we're men and we want to be. We can be hunters because we're women and we want to be too. That's fine. But we, we don't be ashamed of being a hunter. No. No. Don't hide it. Don't have you don't have to hide behind the fact that it's conservation. You don't have to hide behind the fact that it's um for the future. You don't have to hide behind any of those facts. We are hunters because we want to be and we can. That and, is enough. And yeah. I I no reason no reason to take it any further than that. That's no. put put very simply. Yeah. And three years ago I, I might have had some counterpoints on it, but at this point, no. Yeah. I, I think we have to add to it. You know, I, I, I think that, uh, finding information and, and being able to articulate the importance of it and all of that stuff is well, important. So that, that shows the kind of the evolution between, yeah. between and with us, because, yeah. uh, you know, five, 10 years ago, you would have been firmly in the camp of we're hunters deal with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so now we've both moved towards the middle, mm-hmm. and I agree. I think we say, "I'm a hunter. Deal with it." But here's why I'm a hunter, mm-hmm. and here's what hunting yeah. does. If you want to sit down, and and here's the thing, and and most most of all, you can really end up directing this at two people. You're anti-hunters that are actively trying to end hunting. Yeah. The only thing you need to say to them is, "I'm a hunter. Don't care what yep. you think about it." I'm a hunter, I hunt, I eat meat, I kill it, I drag it out of the woods, throw it on the fire, cook it, and feed my family. Yeah. Don't like it, don't look. Yep. That's all you got to say to them. The middle people that you were talking about, those that don't hunt but don't care if we hunt, those are the ones that you can articulate all of the rest to. You can articulate the importance of conservation, the importance in hunting, hunting's role in conservation and bringing back all of these species from the brink of it, brink of extinction. Those are the ones that you can sit down and have an actual conversation with. And it's good to have that knowledge for when that opportunity presents itself to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the time I'm a hunter and it's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. We don't have to find a reason or an excuse to be hunters. No. We're, we are because we are. Yep. So. I think it's a good spot to end. That is. I think it's a great spot to end. Hunt It Forward coming up. Oh, yeah. Um, we've got we've got our two participants we do. for this year. So very excited. Very excited about that. Um, we're going to be able to do a lot more. So hopefully the podcasts are going to start picking up kind of weekly again because <laughs> we're going to have a lot more content. Uh, and I think the, I think we're finally kind of over the fatigue of the latest legislative session. Yeah. Um, so we can get back into this, uh, you know, more permanently. Um, but yeah, Hunt It Forward is coming up. But very excited about that. Um, Hunt season. I mean, it, it's all. It's, right it's already July, dude. Yeah, it's right right another around, month. Right another month, and then it's August and antelope season, uh, and then elk, and then deer, and kill everything. <laughs> 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 that could be our new bumper sticker. Uh, that would go well here. <laughs> I think. I think this year we're going to get to go hunt Nebraska. Yes, Nebraska. Excited about that. Um, Possibly hunting Texas. Possibly, possible. I, I don't think that's possible. I'm pretty sure we can make that happen. Yeah, um, it's time. Time, but yeah, the Nebraska thing. Um, I'm excited about the Nebraska thing. Yeah, um, I got an orcs tag. <laughs> <laughs> I just rolled my eyes at Rodney. He did. Or in 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 uh, Rodney in, in Dana terms, I looked up and looked down. Right. Right. Um, what else do we have coming up hunting wise? That's that's really it, isn't it? I mean, we don't, you it's, know, we didn't draw a lot of hunts. I drew an elk hunt. Uh, hoping uh, we got you got kid antelope hunts. I got two kid antelope hunts. Yeah, both my kids got antelope tag. Uh, yeah, and hoping for a few private land tags here and there to to, to supplement. Yep, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I would like to find something I, you know to go what, antelope. You know hunting. what is funny about. Um, that I've been seeing recently, you know, there was all the hubbub 
after the draw about this mm-hmm. bull crap. I can't do anything. Blah blah blah. You know, the game department is just taking my money. Mm-hmm. I have seen a lot of hey, anybody know anybody with private landowner mm-hmm. tax recently? There is a ton of that. <laughs> Dude, Which is great. It's great. That's awesome. It plays a role, man. It's go part con- of the freaking go contact those landowners. Yes. All they can do is say no. That's right. They can say no, and you can move on to the next one. That's and it. it's it, and we've got right now. Let's build those freaking relationships. We live in an age. We used to live in a in a time where you knew everybody in the county, right? Yeah. You knew every rancher from here to three counties over, and. You built those relationships. You knew those people. You knew everybody by first name. Uh, and you could do those things. You know, you could go cut a cord of wood and go hunt somebody's land. And you could fix some fence and go hunt their land. And, and, and you can still do all those things, by the way. Yes. All of those things are still, still 100% doable. Absolutely. Um, and that kind of went away for a little bit, right? We, we got into an age where we really didn't, you know, land started swapping hands. And we really didn't know everybody. And... Um, all of that. But now we have all of these hunting apps that have all of the information right there. And it makes it pretty damn easy to find people. Be respectful. Don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. Get out there. Knock on doors. There's land to be hunted. There's just all kinds of land to be hunted. There's all kinds of landowners that don't want that many animals on their property and are perfectly willing for you to go hunt them there's a whole bunch out there that know how much money is in hunting and are going to tell you yeah for a bazillion dollars you can come on um gross exaggeration um you don't say but (laughs) (laughs) but there's plenty of the others too yeah um specifically farmers right farmers with with crop fields, mm-hmm. they, for the most part, they're like, yeah, get them off my property. Come yeah, it, you know, listen, it, it's not, it's not super easy. You know, you have to spend some time. You have to go out there. You have to introduce yourself. You have to. It's uncomfortable. You have to get, you it's know, face to face with these people. It's completely out of our comfort zone because we, yeah. as a society, have start has have moved to. Especially that during the pandemic, mm-hmm. everything online. We're Zoom meeting. We're uh, living through Facebook. All those things. But that doesn't mean it can't be done. It doesn't mean that, you know, like I said, the worst I can say is no. Yeah, and mo- and, and, and you're going to run into a lot of yeses. You know, I, I used to do the same thing when I was young, and we'd go to dances. We'd go to rodeos, and we'd go to dances. Um, I was never afraid to ask any girl to dance. Because the worst they could do was say no. That's it. And eventually one of them is going to say yes. Yeah. And more often than not... They say yes They anyway. say yes anyways. Yeah, because a lot of guys out there aren't asking. Yep. And it's the same thing right now. There's a lot of landowners out there that want some animals taken off of their place. And nobody's asking. Because they just don't think it works. So go ask. Yep. Go find those. And there's a, lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of you guys out there that already know this and you're doing it. And you're, you didn't draw anything and you didn't bitch because you know you're going to go get a tag anyway. So kudos to you. You're a step ahead. Yep. So, uh, but uh, I, I will say, remember when it comes up at the game commission meeting to do away with all these private land mm-hmm. things, remember that, that mm-hmm. that's where you went. Because when they do that, when they do, if they, if they get rid of that stuff, then you will not have that option. There will be no options of of going to hunt somewhere else when you didn't draw a tag. And it is always, this is another one of those facts. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. If you're on the E-plus side or against E-plus, it doesn't matter. Fact, if they take E-plus away and give it all to the public, it is still going to be hard as H-E double hockey sticks to draw a tag. Period. Period. That's not going to change. No. Because we don't have enough tags for everybody. Period. Period. That's a fact. Doesn't matter what side you're on. Yep. Might increase your chances by what, 2 3%? That's not that if, much. If that. That's not that much. Yeah. Your chances of going buying a tag, 
or, or getting permission, I'd say right now your chances of going and uh, buying a decently priced tag or just getting permission on private land is probably better than any public land tag you can draw. I would bet you're probably right. Yeah. That would... I'm not even going to flesh that out because I don't want to give that away. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I would bet you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. would bet you're probably right. Because I guarantee you, with a little bit of effort, you can have a tag every single year. Mm-hmm. So, all right. We were going to end like 30 minutes ago. We ended up on something good, but we kept talking. But Come back to the ending. I'm a hunter. And I don't care. And that's okay. <laughs> Thanks for joining, guys. Adios. Adios. Thanks for joining Not a Grande Outdoors podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.